Well, hello, hello. How are you doing? How are you doing? This is the S. Anthony Says Podcast. This is the S. Anthony Thomas, and this is episode number 297-297 of the S. Anthony Says Podcast. Thank you for coming back. Much love to your bastard army. Much love to you. Now, as those of you that have been listening to me for the better part of four years, you kind of realize you figured out now that on occasion I uh, I usually have something planned to talk about. Um, you know, sometimes I'll take stories that happen in my real life and embellish them a little bit for comedic purposes. And some of you have asked me how true some of the things are. And obviously, I think that you could probably figure out when I'm speaking 100 percent truthfully and when I've embellished a bit um, for comedic purposes, you know, uh, You know, sometimes I'll change the story a little bit because even though I have carte blanche when it comes to talking about things that happen in my life from the people that are in my life, I tend to change things sometimes um, for the sake of privacy from people. I'll I'll, I'll change just enough where it doesn't affect the story or, or the point I'm trying to make, but it does make it harder to identify who I'm speaking about. So I just wanted to let you know that even though I know the majority of you know that already, there's always new people listening and they need to understand that. And sometimes when it's something serious, I'm speaking about exactly what happened and I won't change anything because the facts and the situation don't need embellishment and they don't need any really anything more than a clarification from my end. Now, uh, this is what I want to talk about, because there's a there's a video going around on the Internet right now of this young kid um, and he was talking about being bullied and how fair it was and. You could see the pain on this little kid's face and you feel horrible about it. And it was retweeted and reblogged and shared and passed around and all of those kind of things. And when I watched that video, it wasn't just a regular video to me um, because I was looking at that kid and I was literally seeing myself. You know, for those of you that have been listening, you know about the tragedy that happened recently in my family. And um, and when I would see similar tragedies happening on the news before it happened to my family, I was always bothered by it. It wasn't because I knew that it had happened to other people that I knew. And it was never just a news article to me or a news story to me. It always kind of hit home. And then it happened to someone and two people that were very, very close to me, uh, my nephews and uh, who are gone now, obviously. And so those 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 things in the news that happen to people who are in the wrong place at the wrong time, they're, they're not just stories to me. It rings true. And it's kind of a gut punch every time I see it, because I remember what it felt like when it when it happened to me and my family. So let's get back to this little kid. So this kid is 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 complaining about bullying and he's crying and he's upset. And you see people saying really encouraging things underneath the photos. And, you know, and you see, I think I saw a couple of celebrities, you know, saying passing it around and, you know, help this kid out and that kind of thing, which is which is a wonderful thing. But. I think sometimes collectively we kind of miss the point. I'll tell you what I'm talking about. All through school, after kindergarten, I suffered from bullying every single day, all day between classes, before classes, after classes. It was a nonstop bullyathon, and I hated going to school. It wasn't because the work was difficult. I was a really, really smart kid. Um, to give you an illustration, illustration of what I'm talking about, my uncle still joke now because I was able to read and write and create stories so early that my uncle's friends used to joke with him that I was actually a quote, a midget. That ain't no little kid. That's a midget. Ain't no way in the world somebody that young can read and write like that. That's how they talked about me. 
So in the beginning, I thought it was a great thing to be a smart kid and to be a creative kid and to have fun and to play with people and all that kind of stuff. And when you're in the confines of your home or your family or your family's friends, it is okay. It is great. But sometimes you go out into the real world and the real world will slap you in the face harder than you expect, especially when you go from not being slapped in the face metaphorically at all to actually being slapped in the face. Every day, every day was the same thing. Every day you were going to get punched. Every day you're going to, somebody's going to try to push you down the steps. Every day in gym, people are going to hit you harder when you're playing basketball and foul you harder. Every day you're going to get the door slammed on you. Every day you're going to get the towel snapped on you. Every day somebody's going to punch you and kick you. Every day it's the same thing. It's either ridicule or physical abuse. It was this, it was, that was, that was the daily existence for me in school the entire time time. So it's really weird because when people say things like, you know, you should, uh, you should tell someone and it's true, you know, that you should tell someone, but, but when you think you're thinking as an adult, when you say that, you know, somebody did something to me as an adult, which obviously wouldn't, I wouldn't allow as a grown up, but as an adult, you know, you can handle those things. But when you're a little kid, I mean, think about what it feels like as a little kid that when, say, a teacher sees you being slightly bullied, slightly bullied. And because uh, of, of the attention that the person got, that was the bully. Now you're getting beaten up worse and tortured worse. And this was just a slight little. Hey, don't do that. You didn't go and tell on them. You didn't get them in trouble. The teacher just saw them play, messing with you, didn't see much of it and thought it was just like harmless kid messing with some one kid messing with another, not realizing it was just the beginning or continuation of vicious bullying. And that got you in trouble. Imagine being in class and the work is really, really easy for you. It's not really that big of a deal. And you start answering questions and answering the questions in class gets you hit and kicked and punched and pushed down the steps and locked in the bathroom and beaten up. What if, you know what I'm saying? So that's the reality sometimes of being bullied. It just doesn't stop. And you don't really feel like and you don't think that there's a reason that this is ever going to end. You just don't think that. It's a despair that comes with that. You ever seen a kid in school or a kid, even, even something as simple as a kid being in a Toys R Us or something like that, and they can't have a toy. They don't know how to express themselves. They want that toy so bad. And you just see this collapsing of their physical. It is kind of collapse in despair because they want that and they can't have it. Well, that same thing happens to you as a kid when you're in school and you don't think there's any way out because you're getting tortured every day. So when I watched that kid crying on that video and being upset and it was not just a video to pass around to me because I was just seeing myself decades and decades and decades ago getting treated the same way if not worse than certain things that I see it's amazing what we allow to happen to people collectively right we all know these bullying things are happening and we feel like we really did something when we pass around these videos. We donate a couple bucks and we do a couple things and we move on with our lives. But it doesn't solve the problem because we're just helping that one kid in that one instance for a short period of time. When the problem is not that just that one kid is the kids like me who were there was no Internet. There were no cell phones back then. And for some kids right now, even though there is Internet and there are cell phones, no one's paying attention to them. 
Sometimes they go and do something horrible. They come back to the school and they shoot somebody or they bring a knife to the school and they stab somebody or they do something horrible to themselves. Believe me, those those thoughts do crash across your mind because I definitely in my particular situation, because it just wouldn't stop under any circumstances, no matter what I did. There were some thoughts that went through my mind where I wanted to hurt these people badly. But then. The part of me that's very, very nice said, "Nah, don't do that. Because you'll be just as bad as them or you'll go to jail and you'll ruin your life and you may feel good for a second cracking somebody across the top of the head. But how are you going to feel afterwards? So I never did that. I just kind of suffered and suffered through it. But a lot of people aren't going to be as lucky as I was. They were able to talk themselves out of busting somebody in the head with a hammer or doing something horrible. Sometimes you internalize those things and that poison sits in you for such a long period of time. You don't even know how it affects you. I know it's affected me long after it was over, long after I made a decision, long after I became a little bit bigger and stronger where people weren't going to even think about bullying me. There's still some of that that was there for a while. Remember, when you were a kid, everything that happened to you said every time you put your hand out to, to, to put your head hand up to answer a question. Every time you stick yourself out in front of people, every time you, you know, you want to try to make a friend, you know what happens to you. You're going to get pushed down the steps. You're going to get punched. You're going to get kicked. You're going to get locked in the bathroom. Somebody's going to hurt you. Somebody's going to physically hurt you. Somebody's going to emotionally hurt you. They're going to stand around you in a circle and treat you like crap. And everybody's going to think it's funny. Everybody's going to think it's hilarious. That sits in your subconscious and all of a sudden the girl that you like, that likes you, you can't approach her because every other time you stepped out in front, you got hurt and you you spent a long period of time dealing with that. And you can't do it anymore. You just you can't do it anymore. And that stayed with me for a long time. I'm telling you, this stuff happened when I was a kid and that shit affected me up until I was about, I swear to goodness, Maybe 20 years ago when I was 29, that shit was still bothering me. And it took a long time and a lot of self-reflection, a lot of thinking and a lot of reading and a lot of self-study and a lot of Eastern philosophy and a lot of maturity and a lot of I'm never letting that happen to me again. A lot of that. But everybody's not going to be as lucky as I was to be able to figure it out for himself, to be able to solve the problems for himself, to be able to mature past it. Be able to read and think and analyze past it without, you know, some kind of special help. So what I'm saying is it's not just that one kid, that kid needs help. But we got to we got to realize there's a whole lot of kids out there that are feeling exactly the same way or worse. I mean, think about it. We have a, the ability to affect people and to affect change in many, many ways. You know, if you turn on the television on Saturday mornings, you see all of these people that can sell you toys and sell you cereal and get your kid to want to buy that bike and get your kid to want to wear this jacket and get your kid to want to listen to this music and get your kid to want to do this and get your kid to want to do that and get your kid to want to do that. And that's very, very important. But nobody at the same level is trying to get kids to not bully each other, they treat each other with compassion. So what are we saying? Are we saying that cereal and and uh, superhero outfits and and, and 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 toothbrushes that play the latest hit from the pop group are more important than teaching kids not to kick each other's ass or to gang up on somebody? Is that what we're saying? Because we do know how to manipulate people, don't we? 
Right. We do know how to get people to want to do stuff, to want to buy stuff. Can't we use the same techniques to teach people to treat each other better? I mean, that would be nice, wouldn't it? And it's not just kids. It's not just kids. It's adults, too. Right. Because we're nothing in many ways. We're nothing more than just big kids because we get manipulated by what we see on television as well. We get told what's attractive. We get told who to vote for. We get told what to read. We get told what's cool. We get told where to go. We get told what the hottest restaurant is. We get told who's funny. We get told what songs we're supposed to like. We get told all of this crap and we fall for it all the time. We spend a lot of money on stupid stuff too. Another thing going around on the internet that I didn't know about until, I mean, I know about it now, obviously, but don't you see the slavery that's going on right now? And everybody's reblogging it, reposting it, reblogging it, and saying this and saying that. But there's a 7 billion people on the planet. We got a bunch of people that are being sold for hundreds of dollars as human beings and the harvests and, and organs are being harvested from them. And we have children starving and we're not, we're not doing anything. We're just saying how outraged we are, but we're not doing anything. Right. If somebody had some oil that we wanted, we would be right there fucking that country up. If somebody had some diamonds that we wanted, countries would be over there fucking that country up. If they had any kind of resources that we wanted, these big companies with these armies, and we would be over there busting their asses. And we know this. And I know that a lot of the things that people do, a lot of the soldiers and all these people, they do good things. They protect people. I know they do a lot of good work, but I'm not even necessarily even talking about the soldiers themselves. I'm talking about the people with the real juice, the people who send them someplace. And a lot of times the soldiers are doing good things, but they don't realize. When everybody on the planet knows that there are people who are suffering because they're starving to death and there are people suffering because they don't have access to health care and there are people that are suffering because they're being sold like chattel and collectively we don't do anything. That's the kind of thing that the story should be heard and then all of a sudden the country should get together and go, oh, hell no. We can't have other living beings being sold. We can't have that. We can't have as a society, as a global society, we can't have little children starving to death. We can't have that. And I often wondered why we don't do anything about that. Even if we think in terms of something as simple and silly as uh, in the grand scheme of things is, is uh, politics. We look, look at who we're electing. Look, look at what's going on. I mean, we should literally be ashamed of ourselves with some of the people who we put in power. You got to be kidding me. You got to be kidding me. I come on enough or be annoyed enough with <laughs> with with one politician or another. Or one group of people or another to, 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 to elect people in office. And I'm not talking about just one particular office. I'm talking about just the entire political system to just to, to put such incompetent, greedy whores in power. That's something we all got to think about for ourselves. That's the kind of thing you got to think about when you go into the voting booth. It's the kind of thing you got to think about when you send your children to school. It's the kind of thing you got to think about when you interact with people. Look, I know this is genuinely and genuinely and it's a comedy podcast. I, I get it. 
But sometimes I see things and it just bothers me and it embarrasses me as a man and as a human being. And I know that we can do better than this because, you know, we've done better than this. You know, when there's a national tragedy, we turn into we turn into what we really I think we really should be. When it's Christmas time, we behave and act like, you know, compassionate, loving human beings. You let somebody cut in front of you in traffic. You hold the elevated door. Merry Christmas, everybody. Everybody's nicer to everybody. And doesn't it feel better when we're actually like that? Doesn't that feel good to be like that? Doesn't it feel good when there's a big Powerball lottery or something like that? And everybody's having a good time and happy and everybody's smiling and everybody's treating everybody well. Doesn't it feel good when, say, your football team or your baseball team or a team that maybe hasn't won a championship in a long period of time actually does? And everybody in town is having a great time. Everybody, all the op-eds in the newspaper, everybody's having a great time. Everybody's doing good. You don't think about all the bad things that are going on. And when you run into somebody, you say, you know what? That person may be upset, but I'm in a good mood, man. My team just won the Super Bowl. My team just won the NBA. Doesn't it feel good to be like that? And the simple fact that something as simple as a bunch of people that you don't know winning something that you had nothing to do with can make you feel that good. It means that feeling that good is is available to us. It means that in many cases we can make the choice to feel like that and make the choice to treat people like that. And it's really, really a shame that we don't. So when I think back at young Steve from back then. I wish I could go back in time and say, listen, dude, this is you. I'm a grown man now. You know what you're going to be in a few years? You're going to be one of the best comedians in the country. Yep. And you're going to be one of the best co- podcasters in the country. Yeah. What's podcast? Well, you don't really need to know what that is right now, young me, but you're going to be really good at it. And you're going to have a great time and you're going to meet a whole lot of good people. And the bullying is going to be stopping soon. And you're going to be a better person soon. Trust me. I really wish I could tell that kid that. <laughs> it just makes me think sometimes of some of the things that we actually say. You know, uh, I was thinking about uh, <laughs> I was thinking about uh, it was an article I read and it was a uh, it was a people that, you know, uh, a lot of marriages are actually stronger after the divorce, stronger after the divorce, they're stronger. Did I mention that they're stronger after the divorce? After the divorce, they're stronger. I mean, and they're not after the divorce, after the cheating. I'm sorry, I shouldn't say divorce. I misspoke. I meant to say after the cheating, they're stronger. After the cheating. You know, if he didn't cheat, the marriage would not have been as strong as it is now. If she didn't cheat, the marriage would have been, wouldn't be as strong as it is now. I mean, how stupid that is. I've been cheated on before a couple times. And one time I actually did get back with the lady and technically the relationship was stronger after she cheated, but not because she cheated. No, 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 no. The reason that it seems that that your relationship is stronger after the cheating is because the cheating is such a shock to the system that it makes you reevaluate things and you start to look at weaknesses that were that existed in the relationship that you didn't pay attention to while you were in the relationship. And then you make those corrections. Well, had you been paying attention during the whole during the whole time or if the person had sat you down and said, listen, I don't want to be in this relationship anymore if we can't or if you don't. 
If you did that instead of jumping on top of somebody else's junk or putting your junk in, in somebody else. Then your relationship would have been stronger without the cheating. And that always bugged me when people say something stupid like that. It doesn't make any sense. Well, well, Steve, it really, it really is. No, first of all, I'm not Steve anymore. You jackass. I'm as Anthony now. But make your point. Well, you have to understand, man. You know, my wife and I, you know, we were together, right? And then I saw this lady in the office and we did some stuff and we got it on and, and she found out about it. We were going to get divorce and then we went and got counseling and then we, we were stronger afterwards. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you not have been stronger afterwards that you walked up to your wife and said, hey, we're having a hard time here and I want to make this work. Hey, let's go get some counseling. Oh, I kind of, I kind of understand what you're saying. And my argument is pretty stupid. Yeah, it's stupid. Maybe the equivalent of somebody. Just imagine if you're a fat guy, right? And, um, you know, you're walking down the street, you know, and everybody's telling you, come on, Jim, Jim, you gotta, you gotta lose weight. You gotta work out. Come on, Jim, you gotta work out. I don't want to work out, man. I'm not doing it. Jim, you got, you're gonna, you're, you're really unhealthy right now, Jim. I mean, it's not gonna affect you right now, but down, down, you're gonna be taking some years off your life and then, come on, man, leave me alone. Let me have these cheesesteaks and lard hoagies. And then Jim gets hit by a bus. And he's hurt really badly. So bad. So he's injured so badly. He he may never walk again. His doctors say, you better do some rehab, buddy. You better do some rehab. If you ever want to walk again, you're going to have to change some things. You're going to have to change some things, man. You're going to have to change some things. And Jim gets into the rehab. He wants to walk again. He's desperate to walk again. He needs to walk again. I mean, who wouldn't want to walk again? So he's lifting weights and he's doing the rehab and he's throwing himself into the rehab. And in the rehab, he's starting to feel better and get some strength back and because he's doing the rehab he also starts to change his diet because the doctor's on him all the time making him work out making him rehab making him eat better and then all of a sudden two years later the same guy who was underneath a car or underneath a bus or whatever and couldn't walk and maybe was never going to walk again all of a sudden the doctor says you know what buddy you're 100% you're clear you don't have to come back to this rehab anymore you are in perfect condition you can go and now Jim is in good shape Jim's got a six pack now. Jim, Jim's in great health. Jim's a vegetarian now. Jim's thinking about becoming a personal trainer now. And you look at Jim and you haven't seen, you heard about the accident and you talked to him on the phone, but you hadn't really seen Jim. You knew it, you knew, you knew he was working out and all that kind of stuff, but you, you still had a picture of big fat Jim. And then all of a sudden you run in the gym and Jim looks like Captain America all of a sudden. And then Jim says, you know what? That bus running over me was the best thing that ever happened to me because if it wasn't for that bus running over me, I'd never be in the shape that I'm in now. Well, yes, I guess in a way it's true. But, you know, if you had just said, you know what, I don't want to be out of shape and unhealthy anymore. And my doctor's been telling me I can get off this medication and I can be in good shape and I can do all these great things. If I just work out, you would have been in the same shape you're in right now without the risk of having a bus roll over. You be the reason that you do it. Like I said, if you're in a marriage and you're having a hard time, instead of going off someplace and jumping on top of the secretary or jumping on top of the pool boy where you could get pregnant or get somebody pregnant or get an STD or have someone become more attached to you than it's healthy. You could have the same result without the big risk. And I go back to when I was bullied. I could technically say, yeah, 
I'm a much better and stronger person than I than I would have been without the bullying, which in some cases, I guess you could say it's true because I'm a more compassionate person than maybe I would have been. I'm a stronger person than I was. Absolutely. But what about as a society back then? We had started back then to make sure that bullying was not something that was tolerated back then then there would have been no hole for me to dig myself out of. There wouldn't have been any psychological scars that I had to take years and decades to heal from. And who's to say I wouldn't be just as strong as I am now without, I might have been, I might have reached this level of emotional strength and, and, and fortitude just by not being tortured for my entire childhood. <laughs> right? So when I look back at that little kid, I'm just saying, listen, you know, we all know that this kid's having problems. So, you know, if it if it's a, something we throw a couple of bucks at the kid so he can go on a trip or maybe he can go to college or whatever it is. I mean, that's great. But just remember, there's a whole lot of people out there that are having the same problem that we don't know about. We ain't going to be able to give each one of them 10 bucks on a GoFundMe or uh, have celebrities retweet and reblog all of that. We, we don't, we're not going to be able to do that for all of them. But what we can do is change as a collective and make sure that we make everybody understand that treating people the way that these kids are being treated. And hey, in many cases, sometimes adults are being treated. If we decide we're not going to tolerate bullying, if we decide that we're going to make changes in ourselves without doing something stupid like cheating on our spouses, if we make decisions that we're not going to put our hands on women without their permission. So there doesn't have to be any Me Too campaign. They shouldn't have to do that. We don't make those changes as a society. We're just going to have the same problems over and over and over again. And we ain't going to have anybody to blame but ourselves because it's going to be our daughters getting treated like crap. It's going to be our sons being treated like crap. It's going to be us being treated like, like crap by people in power, whether it's a powerful person in the, in the entertainment industry or in politics. Or if it's a powerful person or a group of powerful people in the classroom making a little guy with glasses who just wanted he just wanted friends and just wanted to be nice to people. We're going to make those people feel like crap when we don't and it doesn't have to happen. We can be better than that. We can do better than that. And we should damn sure make it a, make it a point to as a group be better than that. That's all I'm saying. All right, everybody. Uh, basically, this this is this uh, episode was going to be a normal episode. I had some things pl planned out that I'm going to do that I was going to do, I should say, for this episode. But, you know, when I started to think about when I be when I began setting the equipment up and I began to turn the microphone on, I realized there were certain things that I just wanted to say. I was kind of, like I said, I was kind of touched by uh, that kid's video and reminded me and it kind of brought back memories. And I wanted to document those things and talk about those things because I had a feeling that uh, there were people out there that could relate to it. And there were people that you know, wouldn't think upon meeting me as an adult that I would ever be someone that could be bullied or whatever have to have gone through those type of things. And I wanted to let everybody know that I've gone through those type of things. And if there's someone who's going through those type of things, let them know that, you know, like they always say, it gets better and it does get better, you know. 
Um, but if you're listening to me for the first time, just to let you know, because I know every time you put out an episode, there's a percentage of people that are hearing you for the first time. And maybe, uh, you know, some people uh, got got, <laughs> got my podcast recommended to them. And they go, oh, this guy's funny and this, that. And then the first episode you hear is this uh, <laughs> it's a serious episode. But just keep in mind. This is episode number 297. There are plenty of other episodes that hopefully you'll go back through the catalog and listen to some of the older episodes and realize that I do do comedy 90% of the time on this podcast. And, and hopefully the, hopefully you'll enjoy it. And only and, and of course, next episode uh, is going to go back to my normal stuff because the stuff I was going to do this week, I'm going to take the best of it. And some of the stuff that I write next week, um, I'm going to put that onto the podcast. So the pod, next week's podcast will be back to the funny stuff. But uh, I just wanted to make sure that I uh, touched this topic. Uh, and I, I personally consider this episode a special edition because it's going to be shorter than the other episodes. And uh, but I just, just sometimes, you know, something comes up. And if you have a form to talk about things and to express things, I think you should, because you never know if you're helping somebody else or if you're not at the very minimum, you're putting it down and you're kind of documenting where you were in a specific time. And maybe that'll even help you, the person who's uh, expressing yourself. So if you're new to the podcast, just know that it's usually a, a comedy podcast. It will be next week. And uh, if the serious stuff is not what you're interested in, listen to any of the other episodes. There's plenty of them. <laughs> OK, um, this podcast is heard everywhere. I finally gotten on all the major things. iTunes, Stitcher Radio, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, um, Spotify, Mixcloud. I'm pretty much everywhere. So if you like this podcast, um you know, you can go to the santhonysays.podbean.com and, you know, click into the RSS feed into your podcatcher. Or you can just click on any of those uh, those uh, places and listen to this. Or you can basically just go and Google my name, S. Anthony Thomas, or Google the name of this podcast, S. Anthony Says, and it'll pop up and you can go from there. Um, I'm on in social media. I'm on that uh, Twitter, two places for me specifically, at uh, S. Anthony Thomas for the show, at S. Anthony Says. I'm on uh, Instagram at S. Anthony Thomas. And if you're on Facebook, um, all you have to do is just go into the search box and type in S. Anthony says, and it'll take you to my verified page. And uh, you can see the blue check so you know that it's actually me. OK, I would appreciate that. If you have any questions or comments, you can send them to me at talk to S. Anthony at Gmail dot com. T.A.L.K.T.O. Then, of course, my name S. Anthony. No spaces at gmail.com okay now folks like i said this is this is basically a special edition so this is going to be a little bit shorter than uh, my regular episodes and i hope you'll bear with me because you know sometimes you have to say things uh, you got to get them out and um hopefully if you've gone through this type of thing that i've gone through and many other people have gone through you know that there's some other people that have gone through it and uh let you know that there's goodness on the other side um you know Everybody has a story to tell. You know what I mean? And hopefully uh, this one maybe meant something to you or touched you the way it touches me when I saw what happened to that young kid. So uh, as far as the Yes, Anthony Says podcast, uh, next episode, we will resume normal programming. Like I said, all the new people that are probably going to be listening to this episode um, because of the success of last episode and because I was on the Po' Boys podcast. I'm sure a couple, some, some people have come over here from that. Just know that, uh, like I said, most of the time it's a comedy podcast and uh, 
a lot of times, uh, even if there's a serious segment, it's a, it's like one serious segment at the end of a of a comedy show because it's something I want to talk about at the time. But this is this is something I just wanted. I think that I, this is important as to me. I just wanted it to have its own specific space all into itself. So that's what this episode is about. So, folks, I'm going to leave you and I will see you next week. Like I said, where we will resume normal comedy programming. <laughs> Until then, my friends, I'm going to say goodbye to you the way I always say goodbye. Say it with me. and You've written to me and said that you do. On the count of three, we're going to say goodbye the way we always say goodbye. Are you ready? Good. One, two, three. S. Anthony. Out.